0: So this week, we're going to be kicking off what I'm going to call our summer prep series. And we're going to look at what you need to know in order to be prepared for the upcoming season. Everything you can do to just get ready. So today, we're going to dissect summer scouting and look at ways to put in work during the summer months to help you fill tags later in the year. To do that, we're first going to look at the behaviors of some popular species and what they do during those summer months. Then I'm going to break down what I look for in these areas from e-scouting to boots on the ground and walk you through my entire scouting process. But before we go there, I want to share the story of a successful scouting trip that led to one of my best antelope bucks. So a few years back, I drew a limited entry antelope tag in an area. It was actually an area that I'd drawn quite a few years earlier, but it had been a while since I'd hunted there. And I thought, you know, I've had a lot of different antelope tags over the years. Uh, most of them I end up, you know, just kind of doing more of a easy to draw over the counter antelope tag in some other state and spot and stock kind of. And generally, I you know, I don't dedicate a lot of time to it, but it is it's probably one of, in my opinion, one of the most fun hunts you can do just because it's just so enjoyable to be able to get out, put on a lot of stocks and and have a good time. But on this particular tag, I really wanted to focus on, finding a good buck. Like I I wanted to take my personal best pronghorn antelope and I, and I felt like I was in a good area to do it, but you know, I had to kind of put in a little bit more time pre-season if I wanted to find the kind of buck of the caliber that I was looking for. So I found out I drew the tag and made plans to do some summer scouting trips. So my wife and I essentially loaded up the vehicles and, and just made it like a, essentially like a, a camping trip out of it and then drove up It's about a four hour drive, got out there and and just started scouting. And the first thing I did was I wanted to check out the area where I had hunted in the past, but I also wanted to check some areas that I hadn't hunted because I didn't want to leave, uh, like that, leave no stone unturned kind of philosophy. Like, okay, I know that there's good antelope in here, so I got to kind of narrow down the places. So, I, what I did, I first started e-scouting and just marked wherever there were some water holes in areas that I believed were good antelope habitat. I looked for that kind of flat country, classic antelope habitat, and then started marking water springs and guzzlers and other things in there, and then made a plan. So we we're gonna we we're gonna drive in, took the truck up, unloaded the side by side and just cruise for the day checking water sources and then marking them off well the first 15 water sources that we checked there was no water uh, so I ended up going up to the place that I'd hunted in the past and it just so happened that that flat still had water on it it was fairly it was a pretty decent drought that year um, so a lot of the water sources even some springs just dry but this particular puddle was, it was a very large water source when we first showed up, but I assumed that over the course of the summer, it'd probably be the size of maybe, I don't know, 20 yards across when it was um, maybe almost 150, 200 yards across start out. So I didn't have a lot of faith that um, I would be able to capture like good trail camera pictures on this large water. But as the summer went on, you know, I could, I could kind of bank on this big water probably drying up to a shootable size. So where my blind would be was essentially underwater. Um, but I ended up, I I did set out a, a trail camera there just to see if I could catch some bucks and there maybe be some bucks in this particular spot. So set out a trail camera and, uh, you know, left for that scouting trip. It was a weekend scouting trip. Went back pre-season with enough time, maybe a, a week or so before the season, to check the trail cameras and kind of figure out, you know, if that was going to be the water that I was going to hunt. I had a couple other places as well that I was looking at. So get into the spot and, uh, go to check the trail camera. Of course, like I think the first day that I said it, the next day after an eagle landed on the rock that the camera's on, uh, defecated on the camera. and I got zero pictures out of it. Like the thing was just covered. Uh, so, so I was like, okay, well, this sucks but the water was uh, was about the right size where i felt confident that okay if, a, if an antelope came in to drink here i'd be able to get a shot so i just ended up going old school with it and just kind of hanging out i went up and got on a good glassing, and glassing over the valley and picked out two really good bucks two that i would say would would have been shooters one was bigger than the other um but one have this like this really unique cape on it. So I thought oh, I'll definitely try to target that one. It had nice ivory tips, great shape. I knew it wouldn't score as well as the other one, but it just was a better looking antelope. And I, and I just was like, okay, that's the antelope I want. And it would have been my best antelope as well. So I made plans to set up for that antelope. So I decided to get the blind set up there. I ended up after that going and checking all the other spots with water. A lot of them had dried up by that point and you know, based off of any other pictures that I got, the best antelope were the ones that I'd seen glassing that, that flat. So I assumed that they were going to, you know, when the season started in probably less than a week, um, they would be hitting that water source. So get set up, go back into there for the opener, get set up in the blind, wait. The first morning, actually, the buck came in, but he went to water and there was too many does around him. And I just couldn't get a shot. Like it just it just didn't work out. So I'd hiked in. It was probably like it was a good ways off the road to get into the spot, maybe two miles, mile and a half. So I'd carry my stuff in. And I was up on this big plateau. And so I'm in this blind and it just just cooking. My brain I felt like my brain was just cooking out of my head. I was like, I'm not real great at sitting and when you combine that with like the heat and it's, it's a different kind of game, man. You can, I can hike all day, every day, backpack, whatever. When it comes to sitting in a very hot blind for a very long time, it drives me crazy, especially in those like long days, early August. So I ended up carrying in like, I think, uh, at least a gallon of water. And it was like, I kept drinking that water, and I felt so dehydrated even at the end of that, just sitting in there sweating so much. So the buck had come in, and I figured, okay, he, he like, barely drank, but I thought, oh, he's going to come back today, and he never did. That other buck that was maybe a little bit bigger came in and, uh, and then a couple smaller bucks, but I just decided to give him the pass. So I ended up sitting in that uh, blind, I guess it was the next day, I spotted the buck. He was actually bedded out off the water. And so sat there waiting in the blind, watched him come in as soon as he started feeding, drew back, he was actually quartered to me. So on those quarter two shots, I just aimed for the inside of the shoulder, you know, like quartering two, he is drinking down. So I aimed just off the right of his neck, inside of his shoulder blade, shot, it was a perfect heart shot. He ran maybe 20 yards and, and fell over. And I had my best antelope buck that I probably would not have found if I didn't go out there and summer scout, if I didn't check those waters ahead of time because there were so many places that I could have focused on, but I would have had no clue where the potential waters would have been during the season. And so a lot of the success on, especially when it comes for me to taking a bigger bigger better animal or hunting a new area but having limited time during the season if i can make a trip out of it during the summer i find that i i increase my chance of success later on in the year summer is definitely i would say my favorite time to scout for a lot of reasons. One, it allows me to get out. If I'm going to make a, some kind of camping trip or do some kind of trip anyways, I generally base it around scouting because I can go out, I can I can take those mornings and evenings, even if it's a family trip, like go out mornings and evenings and, and get that looking in, kind of get a lay of the land, but also just enjoy things that I would during the summer as well. It's just a great time, but there's another reason why it's a really good time, and it's because animals' behavior that time of year lends itself to being able to find them actually easier than other times of the year. You think like, oh, it's hot and it'd be difficult to find deer or elk or whatever you're hunting. But one way that you can hone in on where deer are and find them is just focusing in on their needs at that particular time of year. So let's break down, you know, the needs of the three main species that Western big game hunters will be hunting this season. It would be elk, mule deer, We'll even throw... You know what? I'll even throw in whitetails and antelope. And the whitetails is just for guys that maybe aren't hunting out west, but hunting wherever you're at. Summer scouting can be a really good time because what especially deer and elk are focusing on, they're growing their antlers, right? They're, they're velvet, they're growing their antlers. And, and to grow those antlers, it takes a lot of energy. And they get that energy from their food source. So they actually need to eat a lot more during the summer than other times of year. I've heard that for elk or deer to grow their antlers, it's the same amount of energy expulsion as a cow to, to grow a calf. So you think about, wow, it's like, Antler is the fastest growing bone. They need a lot of nutrients to keep putting that antler mass out there, right? They got to just keep growing, growing, growing. So they need to just keep bulking up. So food can be a a primary source of areas to locate these particular animals. So let's think about, let's break it down even further. So elk. Elk are primarily grazers. And so they're going to be eating those grasses. Um, Now, where are those grasses that summertime years? Things start to dry out. Generally, it's up higher in the alpine um, because it's, there's more water source there. The grasses stay greener, don't dry out as much. And so they're generally, whatever your area looks like, in that higher elevation. The same with mule deer. The mule deer will do the same thing because, one, they can escape the heat a little bit. It's cooler up there. Uh, they, they like to keep their antlers less I would say they're more sensitive that time of year, so they're trying to keep them out of the real thick, dense stuff. Not that they won't be in brush, not that they won't be in trees, but that real thick, jungly stuff that can just tear up antlers and real thick, dense brush, they're going to kind of avoid. So a little bit more open areas with high-quality feed and areas that are have, have good food sources so they can bulk up. The same goes for white-tailed deer, whether you're um, – in the flats and near agriculture near whatever you're near summertime they they are more tied to those food sources so they can be more patternable more dependable and they're easier to locate and pattern in the summer months in my opinion now antelope you know what's something that antelope need they, they aren't necessarily growing their horns or their antler-like horns that time of year because antelope pronghorns do shed every year and regrow but they're already fully pretty much fully developed this summer scouting time but what antelope are focused in on is water sources because as summer drags on water becomes extremely important now for me i I mentioned two things that water and food right and for all animals we have to have the, the three main things to build habitat food water and shelter of some kind it's like all the building blocks for having somewhere to live because if they don't have that good habitat that prime habitat then they just aren't going to be there so having that prime habitat is key now for me when it comes to summer scouting I actually I, I find it interesting because I, I just pulled up my maps and I'm scouting I guess I can break down the areas that I'm scouting so for me this year I'm scouting my wife hasn't a pronghorn antelope tag it's an archery tag so it's going to start the beginning of august so that summer scouting is going to roll right into the season okay now i also have an elk tag like just a general area elk tag in another state that i've never hunted the particular area so that'll be in september the season will be in september but i'm going to do my scouting this summer and then i've got a mule deer tag in a similar type situation where it's a general area and i've never been there um, so we're, what I'm looking at for each one of those is a little bit different, but as I pull out my maps, um, I start to hone in. The first thing I'm looking for, for me in particular, is I'm, I'm narrowing down to those water sources. So for the pronghorn, I'm narrowing down to those water sources because there'll probably be a place that we end up hunting. We're going to sit water and and try to find the best buck we can. i put out some trail cameras already. I'm going to go collect those trail cameras prior to the season. And then we're going to kind of decide and build a game plan off of that. So that's going to be the way that I'm starting that search and scouting for the pronghorn. But for the elk, I'm probably doing the same thing as well. I'm, I'm pinpointing maybe some isolated wallows and other water holes in places where maybe I can use trail cameras. And then I'm also just looking at, okay, where is the water? Because in the summer months... If you don't have the water, you don't have the animals. The days are hot and they need that water source. Yeah, they're bulking up, but you also have to have that water. So I actually start with the water source because it's more rare in a lot of places. I mean, even in the Alpine, in areas where it seems to be creeks everywhere, actually having water that's running um, can be a lot more rare. I had, I had a general kind of deer hunt it was probably two years ago now. And I'd pinpointed all these great spots in the summer in this alpine area, just, you know, springs and creeks and all that. And when I got in there, um, the water was dry up high. And because of it, the animals really weren't, there was a couple of water sources down in the canyons, and those deer do not mind dropping down and dropping a lot of elevation. But I wanted to figure out which side of the mountain actually had the water. I was glad that I carried a lot of water because uh, it took me a little while to actually find it in an area that should have had plenty of water, but as seasons go, things dry up. So I first focus on just pinpointing those water spots. And then I start to narrow in if I'm talking about deer and elk, on those feeding areas. And this is all things that I may be starting this search um, when I open up my mapping software. So I'll actually kind of just go through that. So whatever mapping software you use, I currently use Go Hunt Maps, um, but whatever you use, you can do the same similar thing. Uh, first thing I do, I'll open up my mapping software. I'll, will look at my unit and I'm going to just turn on, I'm just going to do it right now while I'm sitting here in front of the computer. So I open up an area that I'm going to look at and I just flip on the water layer. That's what it's doing is it now pops up and gives me a little spring icons everywhere and what I'm doing is I'm going to kind of focus so it's like okay I like to I've said this before but when I do my e-scouting I like to go from this big picture into this real narrow view of it so I'm going to start focusing on these water sources and I'm dropping pins on them and I I personally do like um, for this particular one that I'm scouting right now I'm dropping white pins and I make a note like just so I don't mix them up when I'm in the field places that I've never been to um and then places that i verify i like to i like to keep those separate so um right now i'm scouting for elk so i'm looking for elk and i'm just starting out looking at maybe some isolated water sources and some places where it looks like there's water so there's quite a few streams where i'm looking here and then there's a few springs up on the top of the mountain and then a few places that i can see that aren't even labeled as springs which just look like real wet spots where they probably water seeps in i think might be a good a uh, place for a water hole or possibly a wallow uh, something that might not be marked on the map so i'm just starting to drop pins on those places now i'm going to scroll to a completely different state uh, where i've got a pronghorn tag and i'm doing the same thing here but i'm just finding those water sources Where like okay this might be a consistent water source because for the pronghorn i think they're gonna be a lot more tied to that water there's not a lot of cover out in pronghorn country. For for good antelope habitat, open is their cover because they use their eyes to protect themselves. So I'm doing the same thing. I'm dropping pins on that water. Now uh, with mule deer, I'm kind of doing the same thing, but finding those high basins uh, where like in that habitat that I want to be focusing in on and then looking for those water sources there or water sources nearby. When it comes to deer and elk they might travel a mile or more they'd have no problem dropping down a thousand vertical feet and then climbing back up to feed so I'm looking for those places where it's like hey there's a creek or stream even below this big mountain and at least I know there's water then I can go okay now let's focus on the feed so now I'm going to start marking up feeding spots and what I'm looking for for that is probably that For me, I really like that alpine-type terrain. So I'm going to look in that high country, that more open country. For mule deer, you know, it can vary because they are more browsers. So um, if you got my mule deer course on the outdoor class, I I really dive into this in a lot more depth. But um, one thing I'm looking for is that primary browse. So even like that sage country, brush buck brush as people call it uh, young mahogany shoots those type of areas are actually more preferred than some of the more grass areas that elk would be focused in on but in the summertime deer's diet does tend to lean a little bit more toward grasses and forbs than other times of year. So for the most part, we're looking for high-quality browse for deer. And so I'm looking at that high alpine area and those more open areas with good cover around, good shade, that they can be shaded from that hot summer sun. So you also think about summertime scouting, focusing in on those areas where they can get away from the summer heat. So good good bedding and good shaded areas. And I start dropping pins on all that. So now the real work comes in. When I get into the field, what I'm looking for when I actually get in is, so I'm going to verify these areas and say, okay, is, is the things that I'm thinking are here, here? Is there water there? The first thing I generally do, like tomorrow if I'm going to this particular elk spot that I just scouted that's always my starting point is I'm going to walk to that water and just look at it because what it is is a very concentrated place where I can look for sign especially if it's in a more timbered area because okay is there elk tracks here is there elk sign here are elk using this because they should be using this type of country in the summer um, and then what I'm doing is I'm, I'm kind of building that out and going, okay, the the mornings I'll definitely glass and and look around and just take a good look and try to get eyes on something. But after that glassing time, I'm walking to those waters. I'm checking those waters and saying, okay, what kind of tracks are here? What do I see? What can I expect? If it's an area where trail cameras are legal, which isn't a lot of places out West anymore, um, you know, sometimes I'll I'll drop a trail camera. And for the most part, I'm not really a big trail cam scouter, um, I guess you could say not that i don't use them when i can and when it's legal i definitely find the benefit in them but i also don't think that they like absolutely help you kill a certain animal in in a lot of instances because for the most part by the time the season rolls around there things are going to start to change so we'll talk about that in a little bit but the trail cameras are nice if you are able to drop it on there it's like okay But you have to first take that initial look and say, is this an area that's being frequented by something? And is this a place worth spending some time and looking at? So if it's thick country, it's a water hole, you're looking for elk or a wallow, you just set up a camera on it. Or just, you know, kind of do it the old school way and, and look for the sign that's around. And then you maybe spend some time glassing in areas that are open or those feeding areas nearby in the mornings or evenings. Because what I'm trying to do during the summer scouting phase is I'm, thinking about it in you can think about it in three different forms right so there's the people that are going to be looking for a specific type of animal and summer scouting plays really well to that because the animals are out they're a little bit more vulnerable they're starting to grow out and it kind of gives you a good look of okay what kind of animals are in my area so when the season rolls around i already have this notion this like map built out in my head of what to expect another thing is for just understanding the area you're going to. There's one area that I'm going to scout this summer that I haven't been. And my primary goal for scouting it is just to kind of get a lay of the land and understand um, what, where to even – you know, like what it looks like getting in there, what it's where I'm going to start. And if that area is somewhere that I'm really going to want to invest a lot of time, just kind of giving it a preview, getting just that like basic lay of the land. I'm actually one spot that I've got a tag, I'm driving past to get to another place. So I'm, I'm probably not going to spend a lot of time there because I feel like, okay, I've got the tag and I and I, know kind of where I'm going to hunt, but like the logistic portion of it. Okay. Am I going to be able to find a good camps? Like, where am I going to want to camp? I've got some other people meeting me there. So it's like, all right, I don't want to be set up. I want to be ready. And I kind of want to have a picture of where I'm going to go and how I'm going to hunt it. If I don't see animals in the place that i'm planning on hunting i'm not going to write it off but i am just going to get a good lay of the land and understand the access points what it looks like even though i can do that on my computer e-scouting it really is going to help me verify yes this is a good glassing vantage that i can see a lot of good stuff yeah this is a really good access for camping and this road actually does get to where i need to go Um, it's really central and, and then I can, there's okay, I can hike from these places and this places and there's enough room for a couple of us to hunt this area and just get that preview of it. And then the third reason would be kind of just like verifying, Uh, things that maybe you've learned in the past. So maybe it's an area you've hunted before, but you go, okay, is the water, like just environmental conditions, how have they changed? Is there water where it used to be or is it drier this year? Is it wetter this year? And things have changed a bit. Was there a burn in the area? And that might've changed the habits and the movements of the animals? So those are kind of the reasons that you might um, look at scouting a particular area if you have the time. And then honing in on the particular thing that those animals need during the summer months. So in the instance of the deer and elk, I'm looking and then I'll kind of find those areas. And then if I have the time, I'm gonna put in the time starting to look for those animals. So I'm gonna set up my glass. I'm gonna be glassing early in the mornings, late in the evenings, especially. Uh, especially on those long days in the summer. It's like they're very crepuscular, mornings and evenings. But you can also, you know, do a lot of work during the middle of the day, glassing into the shade, checking other water sources, and getting a good feel of the land and understanding, okay, what's in my area and how is that going to translate later on? So how I go from looking at it and and trying to find stuff scouting to the hunting season depends on when that hunting season is. Uh, The best time to... the be, I would say the most useful time for summer scouting is when you have a season that is also in the summer, right? So you've got a velvet antler mule deer hunt that's in the unit and it starts in middle of August or beginning of August. But that doesn't happen everywhere. A lot of seasons are maybe a couple months later. So the question is, okay, well, are the animals going to still be where I found them in the summer or is my summer scouting, you know, there's many times where I've got a September season for elk. I go up into the high country and I'm looking over the bulls. They're bachelored up, they're growing out. And I go, man, there's some really decent sized bulls here. Now I have an idea of what's going to be in this unit. But outside of that, I I might think maybe they aren't going to be here when I have the tag later in the year. So maybe I think, okay, well, what – is going to happen later in there. Maybe it's a rut, and they're going to be focused on cows. So I start to go looking for those lower elevation areas where there's pockets of cows that are going to draw those bulls in. Where are these, where are these uh, pockets of just resident cows that are going to be, you know, essentially – most of these bulls that I'm seeing up here are going to be spread out, dispersed, but I at least have an idea of what to expect because when it's timbered and I'm not going to have a lot of opportunity to look over a lot of animals maybe, I can kind of know, okay, this is a reasonable chance at a good six-point bull because I saw so many mature bulls elk early in the season but what i'm focused on during the summer is what to expect later on so i'm looking for those pockets of cows that good resident herd population where it's like okay this is gonna maybe there's no bulls in it when i'm checking it out in the summer but i believe that they will join them later on the same goes for uh mule deer hunting any kind of hunting where it's like okay i'm getting a good lay of the land of where i think those deer will be later on in the season. And by doing that, you can find a lot of success because it gives you just that extra step of going from e-scouting to taking in the field actual scouting. So when the season kicks on, you know, sometimes it's hard to get a lot of time in one chunk. But if you live close enough to a unit, you can take some time off in the summer. You've got a couple extra long weekends. There's some holidays here and there um fourth of july coming up that's one of my main scouting times is is going out and, and around holidays and, and sometimes just maybe you can get a day off here or there to go out and just get into the field and start thinking about building out that hunt plan of okay here's some glass advantages here's an area that has that water that good feed where i can find the animals then i start to look at okay where are some places that These animals might be later on in the season and go and checking out the spots, looking at the access points, looking at those glassing spots. How am I going to be able to realistically hunt this and get a really good picture? So when, if you've only got um, a few days to a week or whatever you've got during the season, you know, okay, I've spent some time in the unit already. I can get into there. I can start hunting and I can start building out uh, the things that I learned using those things that I learned during the summer while I'm actually in the field. A couple other things they'll think about when you're summer scouting if you've got like a real late season tag and you've got a little bit of time in the summer to go check out the area Look for other signs of where animals might be later. You know, look for those, like if it's a mule deer hunt, I've got a rut mule deer hunt and I can only scout during the summer. I'm looking for that old sign, those those rubs that indicate, okay, this is an area where they rut. I'm actually even looking for places of pockets maybe where I find a lot of shed antlers if it's a migration area. I've found a lot of secret spots, I would say, just by the signs of where animals have been in the past during the summer and then thinking about it, okay let's fast forward. What are they doing in, if it's a migration hunt, what are they doing? Well, they're trying to survive the winter. And if they're surviving the winter, they might be dropping their antlers in that area, right? And so if I find these pockets in the summer where there's antlers, or if I find, um, you know, some good, if I'm scouting for elk and I find some good lodge poles that are just tore up all over, I go, okay, bulls use this area during the rut. There's no bulls here right now but I believe that they will be. And I can then f- start to you know, build out that hunt plan for when the season rolls around. I think one of the fun things about summer is it, it can be this downtime between the hunting season and a really a good time where you start to really think about, okay, the tag's coming up and uh, what you've got going on and just a good way to prepare, both physically, both mentally, both with your gear. Like I think that it comes down to... Kind of prepping for planning the hunt but then a lot of it actually comes into being physically capable to do the hunt and just being ready with whatever you're shooting with gun bow what have you so as we go into this summer prep series one of the things i'm really excited about we're going to be doing a, a little stuff on fitness i've got to actually an expert coming in to we're going to talk about just ways to prepare whether you live in the mountains or for the especially for the guys that don't I mean, it's like hey man I work I, I don't I can't get out I can't hike every day I can't do all this stuff every day so how do I prepare for getting into the mountains so that's going to be coming up you know next week we're going to be doing a live call in Q&A but you, you can call in today so it's Thursday I try to do it at 10 30 a.m Pacific time. So, the best way though go to my social media at Remy Warren on Instagram, and then click on the story, and there will be exactly how to call in. Uh, the, I've kind of explained it a little bit, but the way that works is you, there'd be about twenty people that can be on the call, and then kind of go through um, the questions from there. And if some, if once somebody asks a question, I generally remove them from the call line up and then somebody else can pop on so if you can't get in you can try calling back but the lines fill up super fast and they open right when i open them so uh check on the social media here just to verify the number and everything and then or if there's technical difficulties i'll warn everyone okay it's going to start in 10 minutes later but uh we're going to be doing that call in q a and if you've got questions on on any kind of summer prep stuff scouting stuff stuff for the upcoming season whatever kind of questions you got I'm excited to answer them. So, uh, feel free to call in, check that out. You know, I'm just getting everything ready. I've just been doing, I'm excited for this little scouting trip I've got coming up and then just kind of going through my gear as well. That's another big thing about this time of year is just going through gear and, and sometimes I'll tinker with some new stuff. I actually, uh, got this pretty sweet, um, Chilkoot quilt from stone glacier it's like a super light sleeping bag so my maiden trip will be this weekend with it Uh, i I don't know anytime there's like a new piece of gear from stone glacier i'm pretty excited about it because they've always got some really good stuff um especially when i'm scouting too but for those early season hunts man nothing better than just having everything in your backpack and going for the whole trip and just moving from spot to spot and sleeping where you're at and it's one of my favorite ways to hunt and just light gear makes it so much easier. So I'll report back to you guys on that. For the call-in Q&A, if you get in, I, I do like to give away a few a few pieces of gear and actually um, going to be putting together a, a sweet gear package from Stone Glacier to go um, for the season. So like a giveaway, not for this next call-in, but I'll, I'll keep you guys posted more on that. As always, you can use code live wild with stone glacier and get free shipping if you guys choose but until next week i really appreciate you all thank you guys so much i think that we're just gonna have to leave it at go scout them up catch you guys later